Welcome to the Bench Bro CFP 100, where we recap all the latest action from the college football landscape and break down the latest college football playoff rankings. I'm your host, Wes Display, and joining me today is Buckeye Anthony Fertini. What up, dude? What up, Wes? Uh, how you doing, buddy? Good. It's Maction season, dude. So I started watching some uh, Mac football, a little betting on it. I was yeah. awful this past weekend in uh, bets, man. I only went one in five on college football. It's going to happen. It's eventually going to happen. But I rebounded with the NFL. I rebounded with the NFL, so we were good. Yeah. But um, I'm watching Akron right now, who's 0-10 facing Miami, Ohio. Akron hasn't covered a single spread this year, and they're underdogs by 30 points. (laughs) So, (laughs) of course, I bet on Miami, Ohio. So, like, I'm watching that game. They just ran out the punter on the field, and he didn't know it was a punt. I see that uh, Toledo – was it Toledo and somebody else is playing right now too, right? Buffalo. Yeah. Man, I remember when, when Buffalo had um, Khalil Mack. They were like a fairly decent team. I mean, they were decent last year. Yeah. They were, they were ridiculous when they had uh, – Khalil, Khalil Mack was freaking nature. Well, yeah, Buffalo has, like, rare talent, like, once in a while. I mean, all these MAC teams do. Yeah. Like, remember, Ben Roethlisberger was from Miami, Ohio. Right. Right. It's random. Sean McVay is also from Miami, Ohio, too. A lot of NFL people are from Miami, Ohio. There's a lot of talent in Texas, Florida, and Ohio. A lot Memphis. of even, oh No, Memphis is American. Even, uh, even, even New Jersey has a lot of talent. To some degree. Yeah. <laughs> it's just everyone leaves the damn state and goes elsewhere. Yeah, for real. That's very true. It's the like programs are much serious. If you can't get into Princeton, don't even go to Rutgers. Yeah, for real. The programs in the other states are much more serious about, you know, winning. So why wouldn't you want to go there? Well, Princeton only has the one loss to Dartmouth, and that's it. We have a uh, – yeah, Princeton is a – I think Princeton is a good team. They're really good. They're yeah. they're like one of the best in the FCS, I think. Yeah, the Ivy League. The Ivy League's FCS, right? They're not in the bowl series. They're not FBS. Yeah, <coughs> I think it's FCS. Yeah, which they should put Dartmouth in the college football playoff. Mm. Just the Dartmouth versus Clemson for the national championship. <laughs> yeah, Alabama and Clemson versus Dartmouth tag team. Yeah. Rotate players in and out, double coaches. <laughs> All right, so it's week 13. 13. Got two games left to go, which is crazy. I cannot believe how quick it flew by. I was it watching really did. Every single week, I would at least – I think I missed one week like a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, but every week I try to catch most of the games, and I cannot believe it's already week 13. I've missed, like, a good portion of, like, the first, like, two weeks. Because, like, you don't really know who's good or who's not. But also, I've had, like, other plans. But I've yeah. been really clamoring down these past couple weeks. There's been a lot of good matchups lately. And I don't want to get off topic, but, dude, Kyle Bush, like, let's go, baby. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm disappointed, but it's, it's over now, too. Haters. Yeah. 
Mr. Rowdy. 18. Second man. championship. So stupid. I got sh- I got to show you that photo. It's so stupid. Anyway, let's recap week 12 first before we go into the um the rankings and talk about uh some of the big games that happened late um last week. Baylor blew the 28 point lead against Texas or um against Oklahoma. Oklahoma came back and won. We're miraculously like they were driving all down the field, and then Baylor threw a last drive interception that kind of ended it for them. Then we got Iowa upsetting Minnesota, which kind of is unfortunate because I was a believer of the Golden Gophers. Uh, Georgia escaped Auburn 21 to 14. Iowa State upset in Texas 23 to 21. And Notre Dame blew out Navy. Rutgers covered the spread. And that was pretty much it. So what do you think of uh, any of these top matchups with Oklahoma-Baylor or Minnesota-Iowa or even Georgia-Auburn? The one that really stuck out to me was um, we had Georgia-Auburn being a close game, which it was. And we had – who did we pick? Did we pick Auburn or Georgia? I picked – we, we picked, both picked both Auburn. Picked Auburn, they, yeah. Yeah, right. they lost. And then, like, literally right after that, Minnesota lost, like, 30 seconds later. We should have knew by history that Georgia was going to win by a touchdown just like they had this whole, this whole year. Um, but I am just – I'm shocked with, uh, with Baylor and Oklahoma because – Baylor played some good ball against Oklahoma, and and Oklahoma oh, still was able to escape that. Utah looks strong. I know they're not playing good talent, but if they're putting up almost fifty points and leaving that defense to do the rest of the work, allowing UCL UCLA to three points, that's really good. Um, let's start up at the top here, Ohio State Rutgers. That was a coming from. Being an Ohio State fan, that was a disappointing win because I thought you were about to say come from behind win. I was like, wait, what? What part of the game? Like, (laughs) how can you give up 21 points to Rutgers and only score 56? Now, given we did not have Chase Young in the game, that's okay because they have pieces. That's what recruiting is all about. You have pieces where you can pick other players to fill that gap. You have a soldier down. You have another one coming in to, to do the same job, right? So a lot of talent, and it just we got they got stopped on fourth and goal by Rutgers defense. I, I could not believe that. And then, um, I mean, they put up twenty one points. That's incredible. And it, we put in our third string quarterback with ten minutes to go in the third, and played throughout the whole rest of the game. So it's just like I don't know. I don't know what that was about. I guess we were kind of just hoping that the, we're going to be able to keep this fifty six point lead. And then be able to just kind of shut Rutgers' offense uh, down, and that wasn't the case necessarily. So surprising game by that. But anyways, moving on, they won. Indiana giving Penn State a, a run for the money. They only won by a touchdown too. Um, very interesting. I thought Penn State was gonna have a tough game against Indiana, but I thought maybe in the fourth or third, late in the third, fourth quarter, that they'd be able to pull away a little bit. So I'm kind of questioning this Penn State team. Um, I thought Missouri was going to put up a better fight against Florida. That wasn't the case. Uh, Let's see here. Who else we have? Notre Dame beat Navy. Clemson is continuing to prove themselves to be a very strong team in the college football playoff. 
and then both both of us got this one wrong. Finally, big matchup game here: Auburn, Georgia. Georgia's been doing this all year, where they've been playing very, very good teams, but they've been only winning against those good teams by like a couple points. So when they beat Notre Dame, they won by six. When they beat Florida, they only won by a, a touchdown. When they played Auburn here, they only won by another touchdown. So they're only winning by a touchdown, which is enough to win. Even if it's by one or two points or three points, it's still enough to win against a top-ranked team. shows that they're, they're able to keep it together. They're well-coached, and they're able to keep it together. Um, Texas lost to Iowa State. Surprised about that. Texas was a strong team early in the season, and you just got to, if you're a ranked team, you got to pull out these wins. You got to find a way, especially late in the season. Um, that's just surprising. West Virginia, we did have beat, beating Kansas State, so we did get that one right. And Iowa beating Minnesota, we were very shocked about that. Or you're very shocked about that. I'm slightly shocked about that. Well, I'm not, I'm not too shocked because Iowa's a good opponent. Yeah, I was good, but Minnesota, like, I... Minnesota like started out slow. They were down twenty-one to three at one point, so that's kind of what, they got behind the eight ball a little bit. That's kind of how that matchup went around. They started coming back, but then uh, you know the starter went down, the starting quarterback went down on the final drive. Didn't really help the chances that much. But yeah, it, hey, it's still a really good loss. Yeah, I, know, I mean, I know it's a big it's a bad team. thing about like good losses or whatnot. Like, no loss is good, but still, it's a tough place to play. Hey, if you're going to lose, one of the toughest places to play in the college football landscape. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%, especially with that children's hospital right in the stadium, pretty much. It's kind of motivator for Iowa to, you know, it gives them something, something to play for. They're playing for somebody, they have a purpose when they go out there. But, um, yeah, like if you're going to lose against a Big Ten team, you're not going to want to lose against Rutgers or or some other just random team like Maryland here. So you're going to want to lose against a ranked team, a good opponent. And then LSU won 58-37, to but I'm very, I'm very like confused by the ranking system and all this stuff. Like I always say this, I don't agree with it. I don't understand why certain teams are ranked the way they are because <laughs> if you're a number one team, I say this all the time, you have got to be strong in every single category. you got to be strong on offense. you got and consistent consistently every single game, every single week, you have to be consistent. You have to be strong on offense, defense, special teams, coaching, football, IQ, you name it. You have, you have got to be dominant in all those areas. And they're giving up a lot of points LSU. Like a lot of a lot of games, and I know they played the ranked Texas. They gave up thirty eight points to them. They gave up thirty eight points to Vanderbilt. They gave up twenty points to uh, Auburn when they played forty one to Alabama. I know these are good teams, but if you're number one, you're ranked number one in the country. You got to be a little bit more dominant and aggressive than that. It's just I don't know. It's quite, it's a little concerning for me. Um, and a big topic last week was two o two a or whatever you want to call them got. Hurt. What happened it was like a dislocated hip or something. Yeah, he dislocated his hip, and then it was a, little, a hip fracture on the back back end. Did they say like the reason behind that at all? Or so the way he got hit, I might as, we might as well just jump right into that. So the yeah, way he got hit. Out. 
um, his knee was kind of in like a kneeling position, and he was like scrambling out of the pocket, and the, the uh, tackler got him from behind, but his like right knee kind of stuck in the ground. Nothing to do with the ankle at all, but um, it kind of stuck in the ground, and it like you know how the shoulder supplux, right? Right. It kind of did the same thing with the hip. Okay. So the defender landed on top of him. I got to send you a video. There's this video I found by uh, some athletic doctor that breaks it down really well. Send that. Yeah, send that to me. I want to yeah. see that. Because yeah. I know what happens is um, like with turf stadiums, right? Like turf is not a this is all. This was all grass. But grass, like, right. This but what injury is like so rare anyway in all athletic forms that everyone was comparing it to Bo Jackson, but – at the stadium, they were able to pop the hip back in place to in order to um, keep the blood flowing or like some of the art, uh, arteries. I'm not a doctor, so I really don't know, but um, I got I gotta find this video and this uh, let you know because he breaks it down really good. But yeah, he has a successful injury. He's most likely going to the NFL, but he's done for a year. The simple thing is, it's just he has, dude. His full name. I'm looking at him right now. His full name is. Tua Nagaman Tua Tunagamalopa Tagalavola. Tagalavola. If you ever try to pronounce his first name, it's like 17 letters long. Did <laughs> you Hawaiian, did, dude? No, seriously, like did you see his full name? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, it's just Tua is better. <laughs> oh my god. So, anyways, it it's just the problem with this guy is injuries, and I hate to say it, but like... Oh, by the way, I found the video. It's uh, Brian Sutterer. Uh, he's an MD, so... Send that to me, please. Yeah, I just But I'm going to go into about injuries a little bit and just sports in general, is, especially in football, which is a very physical sport, is once you have one injury, you kind of weaken... Our bodies are kinetic chains, so everything is connected. It's like, it's like a car. Like, everything in a car is... Is leads to one thing to another. So, like, once one thing breaks, the chance of something else breaking is even higher because it's now a weakened system. And that's the thing with the, with the human body, too, is, like, our bodies are not made to be tackled and, and sprinting at full speed every single week for years and years and years. And, like, after a while, that's going to catch up. Now, we love the sport. That's why we do it. But were our bodies meant to do this? No. So this is why this whole... Uh, exercise science like my stuff cscs and strength conditioning comes in place because we try to bulletproof the bodies as much as you can to withstand the demands of the sport now once you weaken something though the chance of getting hurt somewhere else is going to be higher because the kinetic chain is now weaker so if that force on the ankle is not gonna uh, is not gonna um break the ankle then it's going to lead up to the knee. Or if it doesn't go to the knee, it goes to the hip. If it doesn't go to the hip, it may go to the back. So you never know what's going to happen. And then the body is already in like kind of a recovery mode to kind of get these guys back to a healthy state. So your body is already working harder. And there's a lot of different factors in place here. It's like a Gronkowski, for example. I know the guy's also 6'6", 260 pounds. So there's a lot more there to break. But um, it's just like once you get 
once you get rolling, you kind of don't stop. And yeah. I got to be honest, like, when even you watch and you, you like the replay though with Tua, it's it was a freak thing. It's a like, freak thing, but it's it's still. I mean, like Wes, you could say too, like your shoulder, your knee. With me, it was my ankle, then it was my Achilles on the same side. Yeah, I get you know? what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but it's like a the way that hit happened. It it's was rare. probably like point two five percent chance that was like because of the ankle. Like even this guy breaks right. it down and he's saying it's not because of the ankle at all. Like the I'm defender not... landed on top of him with the knee. Yeah. But yeah, y- your point is valid. Yeah, not saying oh, I'm not saying uh by the ankle by any means. I'm just saying that once one part's weakened, it's a higher chance that something else is gonna get hurt because then you favored it and you have all these other problems going on. But yeah, I wouldn't say it's because of the ankle, obviously, because it, it was just the way that he landed or he got tackled, but um you know, it just doesn't it doesn't help, I guess you can say. Yeah. But it's and unfortunate for him. So how long how long did Justin Fields play in the Rutgers game? He literally played the first only, half? Yeah, really. The, okay, I, so I think it was like the so third Tua was about to play the first half. So why is Nick Saban getting all this rap? Because what? Did Tua wanted to go in for like the last drive before the half and run a two minute drill? What do you mean? Say like, that again? Nick Saban's getting all this bad rap for keeping Tua in. There was like two minutes left in the half, and that's when Tua got hurt. They were trying to run a two-minute drill. Right. But everyone was like, oh, the score was 35-7. to seven. You should have pulled him already. What's the matter? Yeah. Could it, it could have happened in the first quarter. Yeah, exactly. It could have so, been like 7-0, to zero and it could have happened first. Injuries happen like out of nowhere. You don't see the yeah. injury happening and be like, that's, okay, yeah. Uh, that's like, why we no. call it. That's why we call it injury risk reduction, not injury prevention, because you cannot prevent injury. You can yeah. try to re- reduce the risk of it. Obviously, that's what we try to do is like, you know, healthcare professionals and exercise science people and strength coaches, but you don't, you can't prevent it. If you can prevent it, then man, like all these guys have been playing in the league for 20 years at the way that they um, absorb all this this impacts yeah. every every game yeah oh well i'm gonna go back on track to the week 12 for a little bit um the i thought baylor was gonna flat out destroy oklahoma i'm surprised they baylor gave up that, take that yeah i am so shocked like you cannot give oklahoma a chance and they were driving the mm. baylor was driving the ball in that defense all the time we said it all right. along oklahoma's defense is the weakest part of that team but, yeah, they're just giving up too many points. Yeah, and then we'll get into talking about Oklahoma a little bit with the rankings because I had a debate on Twitter between Oklahoma and Oregon. But anyway, I was a good like I was a good team. Like they're up there as I think they have three lot or no, they have two losses. So they're right up there with like Wisconsin and Michigan as being one of the top teams. So think of this like with Oklahoma had like time of possession, right? A game is how long? A game is they 60 killed the time of possession in the second half. They okay. really had the ball all so the damn time. They they had the ball for 41 minutes, right? That's how you do, win games, man. They had the ball for almost 70% of the time. That's incredible. Now yeah. Baylor scored almost as many points as Oklahoma with only 18 minutes. Let's get let's say nineteen, nineteen. So half the time, they had they were way more, way more. They were way quicker to score. Obviously, if they had eighteen, I didn't watch the game really. I just saw that was a really like 
head-to-head game. Oh, it was they crazy. Dude. Way less penalties. They had pretty much about the same turnovers, but and they barely, they barely were like they didn't have to really convert on on. Um, they had way less yards. And they didn't have to convert as much on on uh, third down. They didn't have any fourth down conversions they had to do, and they had half amount of rushing yards as Oklahoma did, and they're still putting up thirty-one points. And Jalen Hurts that, fumbled three times. Yeah, that just goes to show that Oklahoma is just not doing something that, like well. As far as like defense goes, if you're rushing for 113 yards, but you're give, you're somehow putting up 31 points on the board, yeah. where is this red zone defense? Yeah, yet Oklahoma fans are like, well, our resume is better than Oregon and Penn State. But what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I give my respect to Oregon. And Penn State's a strong team too, but this this almost losing against Indiana has me a little worried. But I, Penn State is, has, yeah. is a good program. Is a very good but program. And- Georgia Auburn was a defensive battle, like we predicted. It hit yeah. the under, which is good if you had the under. But um, Georgia's defense is really good, and I don't know about Bo Nix. Bo Nix is a freshman for Auburn. Maybe this is like he has get, gotten a lot better since the first game, but there was just no chemistry he's, on that offense. That is like he's really so tough. young. Yeah, he's yeah. so young. Although I will watch out for them now with Tua being out. Like, I don't know how good Mac Jones really is, and we won't know this week because they're playing Western Carolina. But they could potentially go into Auburn and take a loss because Bo Nix could potentially have a flash game like he did earlier against um, who they play, Texas A&M. That offense was really good in that game. So mm. it's just about chemistry issues with this Auburn team. It looked like they just didn't have anything flowing the whole entire game until like the very last quarter where they put up two touchdowns and had a shot to win the game against Georgia. But Georgia's got to learn how to um, shoot the ball down the field a lot better with these receivers. Like it looks like Jake Fromm and the chemistry with the receivers is off. Like uh, who's the guy? I mean, Taylor, or not Taylor. I was about to say Taylor Swift. No. DeAndre the Swift back. is the running back. DeAndre Swift, close yeah. enough. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Uh, let me see. I think this guy didn't have blonde hair. No, no, he doesn't have blonde <laughs> But the running game's good for Georgia. It's the passing game that's holding them back. And Jake Fromm's being cra- categorized as like one of the top quarterbacks coming out in the draft class. But he only had 110 yards passing. Which 13 is to 28 that Three is touchdowns so, is still good, but like that's still. good, but that's so bad in college football to have 110 yards passing. College football, 13 and 28. A, it is such an offensive game now. That's why Alabama's having a little hard time keeping up with this because Alabama's very defensive playing game. I mean, they're good on they're very good on offense, but Alabama plays a strong defensive, smart game. And you you can't like he's sixteen for three, sixteen touchdowns, three interceptions. Justin Fields is a sophomore, a year younger than this kid, and he has thirty one touchdowns and one interception this year. He's doubling his stats here. And Jake Fromm has more experience, and he's a big body, and he's a smart kid. He's a smart football yeah. player. But like, wh- I don't know what this is. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's like his decision making. You don't really know what it is, honestly. But I mean, just looking at stats, 110 yards, and on a Georgia football team with that talent and that receiving squad is not enough to seal the deal. Yeah. Even well, with speak- even nine and one, but yeah. Well, speaking of Georgia, let's get into the college football rankings of this week that were re- released on Tuesday. 
the top seven stayed the same LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, and Utah. They stayed the same packed as the last ranking. And then following the number eight spot, Penn State went up a spot and Oklahoma went from 10 to nine, while Minnesota fell two spots after losing to Iowa, which is interesting because everyone was coming about Oklahoma getting a little bit more respect going on on the road and being undefeated Baylor team, but they only moved up one spot. So then. 11 through 25 goes as followed. It goes Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan, Baylor, Auburn, Notre Dame, Iowa, Memphis, Cincinnati, Boise State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, USC, Brandon's little Trojans in there, Appalachian State, and the SMU Ponies. So out of the top 10, Ant, do you have anything to discuss? Don't do your top 10 teams like last time because that would take like 15 minutes. But I'll do anyway, what top are your six? I'll do top six. I'll do top six in the matter of two minutes. Okay. Um, Ohio State, number one. I mean, this is, this is a no brainer. And I'm not saying this because I'm an Ohio State fan, but they're a much stronger team than every other, any other team in the country. They're just unstoppable. They just simply Very put, confident. they're well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh. They're just. They're the best football team in college football because they have the best coaching staff, and they're just—they're just—it's so hard to explain. They're just so there's so much energy and there's so much alignment. Everybody is on the same page. Everybody is so hungry to just do the best they can. They're so focused on just themselves to do the right thing. They're so there's very intelligent players with a great, well-known like disciplined staff that's able to bring that type of chemistry into the team. And it just shows, it's just like they're smart on special teams. They're smart on offense. They're smart on defense. They just have everything down the right way for everybody to understand it. And it's just this college football um, playoff is just going to come down to discipline, um, obviously athletic ability and those things, but intelligence like, are you able to understand things on the fly? Are you able to read defenses? Can you read the inside-outside run and when to do it? A lot of teams have a hard time stopping this Ohio State offense because they have one simple play that screws everybody up, and it's that that fake handoff quarterback sneak or the or the fake quarterback sneak to the handoff. And a lot of players are getting on the defense are getting tricked by that because they don't they're leaving one of the defensive linemen on the other team to come straight at the quarterback or at the running back because they think they're going to hand the ball off to the running back. But then Justin Fields just takes right off the right up into the field, right off into the field, up the field. God can't talk. And he's gone because he's super athletic. He's quick. They have a lot of talent and they're super well coached. And that's hard to beat. Second place LSU. Same thing. Lots of talent, very coachable, but they have got to do better on defense Third, Clemson. The only scary thing to me was that North Carolina game almost was by one point, but they have proven to themselves that they are that Clemson team that won last year. Fourth, Alabama. They're just a stronger team, more well-coached team as well. Um, and then fifth, I'm going to go Georgia because they're not winning by a lot, but they are playing some good teams. They're playing good ball, but it's just not enough to be um, in the college football playoff. And then Oregon in sixth because Oregon has a great program as well, but they're just as well giving up too many points to these teams, and uh, they still have a lot of room for growth with a lot of young players on that team. Well, I mean, there's going to be no question that Ohio State's going to take the top spot if they win this weekend. 
that's just how it's going to go. Yeah, well, this I, is going to be I, the deciding factor. Yeah, well, LSU, like, you cannot give up 600 yards, total yards to Ole Miss. <laughs> 600 yards. You can't. You, like, what do you – and I said this before, like, if you're – like, we talk about this all the time, Wes, with teams that are 8-2, and 9-1, and one, and they're still ranked – they're like the eight and two teams are ranked better than the nine and one teams. Why is that? Why do you play football? Do you play like think about that when you go into a season? Are you, and you lose particularly one game? discussing about Baylor because they're the only like um, power give five these, team that's give behind, them respect like, eight and two team. Like yeah, give them respect. Like we have Memphis is nine and one, Auburn's seven and three, and yet Auburn's higher than Memphis. That like that's just saying you can go into it and lose games. Like why do you play then? Just don't show up. Just don't I mean, to be to fair, them. Memphis is like played in the American Conference, and you know it's hard to judge. Like it out, is hard, but like five, it's really hard. It's hard, but it's just like it's just to me is like I'm looking at your record, and it's like how are you? Like isn't that what we kind of go off by? Like if you're automatically undefeated, you should be in the top four at the at this time. There's only three undefeated teams now, but go ahead. I mean. Ohio State is a very complete team. So is Clemson. I think uh, those are probably the best two teams Clemson right now. Clemson is probably all around. better. Yeah, Clemson's at right now is probably better than LSU. If you want to say that, I could agree with that. I could agree. I could challenge that Clemson's probably better than Ohio State, but you can't really tell because they really haven't played anyone. If they would have played someone like um, a Michigan State, I guarantee you Clemson wins by thirty points. It's That's just battle, how good they are. Battle of the coaches. It really is. Who has the best da- coaching staff? Dabos, they got talent. Clemson's they had have. the same coaching for two years, and it's resulted in championships, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, you know that these teams, these these Power Five conferences, top ten teams have serious talent, right? You like you know that. Trust me, there's enough top recruits. In this country, to go to any so of these teams, so what you're saying is Ryan Day is better than Dabo Sweeney. It's a mix of it's a, not just Ryan Day; uh, it's a uh, mix of a lot uh, of different professionals in the organization that goes down to even the strength. What about the they haven't lost assistant coaches since like 2016? This whole, the whole Clemson they haven't lost any coaches at all. No, I'm saying Clemson is. I'm saying top teams like Clemson is. Yeah. yeah. It just as good, like Dabas, Kirby Smart, like um, Nick Saban, all these guys. Mario Cristobal for uh, Oregon, yeah. James Franklin, Penn I just State. Wanna, like, if, can if you name the? Like can you name this? Can you name the Oklahoma State coach? Do you know who that is? Can you name the Iowa coach? Oh, I don't know. Gundy, the mullet guy, dude. How can for, you forget the Mike Gundy? The West Virginia, the West Virginia coach, that guy is the Oregon State. Uh, it's a, Oklahoma it's a State. new one. I forget. Oklahoma State is Mike Gundy, the mullet. Yeah, that's the one. I'm a man. I'm West 40. Virginia, West Virginia, right? <laughs> no, that's the one that's at Oklahoma State. No, the one that was at West Virginia. No, he wasn't at West Virginia. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, well, who cares? I mean, anyway, the real topic that's kind of sparking a little bit peep of uh, talk is Alabama staying at five. They're pretty much a placeholder to me. Uh, you know, they won impressively over Mississippi State, but they did lose Tua, but you can't punish them because of they, them losing Tua. So five is going to be right there. I think they can't do – they need a lot of chaos to happen. They can't move up or they can't move down. They move down if they lose to Auburn. 
But Oregon and Utah, it looks like right now they're going to collision course for the Pac-12 championship game. If everything else plays out as it is and Georgia loses to LSU, it seems like one of those two are getting in. And right now, Oklahoma is just on the outside looking in, even though they beat Baylor, and they're probably going to play Baylor again in the Big 12 championship game. But I, I argued this with uh, one of my friends from high school who's a big Oregon fan or um, Oklahoma fan, not Hudson, but the other one. Um, Preston, he, he's talking about Oregon's not as impressive as Oklahoma. Well, Oregon's in the top 25 in defense, and Oklahoma lost to Kansas State while Oregon lost to Auburn. Uh, Auburn's a better team than Kansas State. You still, have to, you still have to impact losses into evaluating your team. I don't care. Auburn's 7-3, Auburn's and three, but they have every right to be 7-3. and three. I mean, look at who they they're lost playing to. tough teams every week almost. They lost to Florida, Georgia, and LSU. Like, yeah, top ranked teams. So, like, I I'm gonna give them their respect for sure. Yeah, you can't tell me Kansas State is a better opponent than Auburn. No. You can't. And then you want to say your resume is better because you beat Baylor? Okay, that's fine because the Pac-12 is the way it is. But Oregon has been dominant, and their defense and offense are the top 25 in the country. Your, your offense might be good, but your defense is still suspect. I don't care if they're ranked 36 in total defense or whatnot. They still are very suspect. But credit to the Big Ten. They got three teams up in the top twenty or top 10, which is good. It's the same amount as the SEC. Good for them. And that, so, that is true. I'm yeah. glad that Minnesota didn't take a big slide. That They only fell two spots. They can still get in the college football playoff if they went out. I'm they got shocked. beat Wisconsin, and they got beat either Ohio State or Penn State. Yeah. Well, they're not playing. They're not playing Ohio State. Well, that would Minnesota. be the Big Ten championship game if Ohio State wins against, against Penn, Penn State. State. Yeah. yeah, and Penn State could very well still be in this thing too if they win. That is going to be the game. I mean, this the Penn State Ohio State game is always a good game. It's going to be the game this year because of the situation with the rankings. Yeah. I mean, this means everything. Where's Penn State go if, if Ohio State loses? What happens with them? Dude, that's I mean, easy, you that's put them easy in the top argument. four? It's an easy argument to move them up into the top four, right? I mean, Like, do you put sense. them ahead of Georgia? You certainly put them ahead of Alabama, Oregon, Utah. If, if Penn State beats Ohio State, they're going to have to go fourth. Because in eighth place, we can't just jump them up to, like, first or second. You're going to have to put them in just the playoff well, no, picture. No, they're not going to jump out. to under- they're not going to jump the undefeated teams, but no fourth place, fourth yeah. ranking, which Georgia would have to come out, and then there had to be a decision between Oregon. That would be and the Alabama. best win out of everyone in the whole entire season so far, because it would mess everything up. Because that's really, been the top. It really would. That's but then, what the do you do with Ohio State? Then that's the real question. So, like, if here's a scenario: if Penn State wins out, right? They win the Big Ten championship game, and Ohio State is still the only loss is against Penn State. Like, what do you, what do, you do? Like, that's a crazy scenario. It's interesting, like, right? Ohio State out. Isn't and... that crazy? Think yeah. if one of these big-time teams loses. Like, well, do you keep them in their spot? Because everybody has – everybody at this point will have one loss, right? Yeah. So, like, what do we do? Do we, do we just keep them there because we know how good they were already? Or do we give them their respect and say, hey, look, you beat a top playoff team – an undefeated powerhouse team from week one to week 13, you deserve a playoff shot. You guys are now both 10 and one, but you beat the best team. 
and it goes the same way. Like, let's say Ohio State was nine and one. They play Penn State, who is um, nine and one as well. Nine and one, and then Ohio State or ten and zero. I mean, and then Ohio State beats Penn State, and then Penn State gets kicked out. Ohio State goes in. So it's like the teams that are in the less ranking right now almost have like an advantage because they have nothing to lose at this point. I mean, yeah, they're fighting to get in there, but there's so much pressure. If you want to take it as that, you try to keep your players as relaxed as possible, but there's so much pressure from the outside world being like, oh my God, there's only three teams that are undefeated. This is very yeah. rare. Like we have to win these games out or we or even, get kicked out. Or even Dude, like because this, it goes, like... it goes all the way up to Baylor that there's nine and one. And we're not going to count Memphis, Cincinnati, but we're going to count like Georgia, all, uh, uh, Alabama, Oregon, Utah, Penn State, Oklahoma, Minnesota, and even Baylor. That's a lot of teams that are still with just one loss. Yeah. But also, you got to look at this. Like, Georgia beating LSU is still in play. Like, that is very well in chance because they got to meet each other in the SEC championship game. Right, there's so, a lot of crucial games still. To if be they beat be LSU and say like Penn State beats Minnesota in like the Big Ten championship game, then you would have like a one loss Ohio State and that loss is against Penn State. Then you would have a one loss LSU team and that would be against Georgia. And then Clemson, Clemson's like the oddball. Like pretty much everyone's thinking they're going to finish 13 and 0. They have one more game left. So. And then the ACC championship game, which is most likely yeah. against Virginia Tech, which is but Virginia Tech should be ranked like very soon. They're playing really good football. They're playing South Carolina, which is four and seven. But we know what the South Carolina team has done. They beat Georgia and they put up a fight against Alabama. And they're still four and seven. Yeah, but, but Clemson's gonna roll all over South Carolina. Like it's not they should at this. Yeah, they should. They should at this point. The way things are going, if Trevor Lawrence yeah. can keep himself together, I think they'll be all right. But yeah. it's going to be an interesting playoff this year because there's a lot still up in the air that can happen. I still think Bama's chances are done. Like, because right now, well, not only that, it's, it's just what's their impressive win? Their impressive win would be if they went out, it would be against Auburn. But then you have all these other teams playing against each other with better resumes. Like, you're really going to keep – let's say Oregon beats Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. and Everything else stays the same, right? And you're you're gonna have the debate of Georgia has two losses, they'll lose to LSU in this scenario. Then your debate for the fourth spot is Alabama and Oregon, while Oregon just beat Utah and Alabama only beat Auburn. So you're really gonna leave Oregon out when they beat a higher opponent than Alabama has, even though Alabama lost to L- LSU. Yeah, I mean, like Oregon, there's so Oregon. many, um, there's so many hypercritical scenarios to where it's like, I don't really see Alabama having a shot of getting in. Well, especially their last game is playing Auburn. (laughs) We've talked about Auburn team. Yeah, we've talked. And that is one of the best games to watch of the year. It's it's one of the biggest rivalries in all of football. Or in sports in general. Besides watching Penn State, Ohio State, Ohio State, Michigan – Watching or LSU Alabama, watching Auburn uh, Alabama every year is just like the best thing, the be- one of the best games, hands down. It's just it's so exciting to watch because Oklahoma Texas, like it's yeah. so competitive, and we've seen 
Yeah, like we've seen that one where Alabama kicked the ball off and Auburn returned for like a hundred yard touchdown with like no time on the clock. Like that's stuff that we remember, and we want it. We want to see games like that again because they're exciting. Yeah, and I think Auburn has a really good shot of beating yeah, Alabama this... now. But who knows, man? Yeah, especially with two of oh, whatever hurt. I mean, there's definitely going to be some struggling from that. Yeah. Alabama team if Nick Saban can't come up with some talent. Yeah. I think that I think the rankings this week are right. I don't I'm not so sure about Utah because what's their best win and their loss is against USC, which Oregon beat by 37 points. Like I'm not right. really sold on them. Really I would, yeah, I would flip um Utah with Minnesota. And then I would still put yeah, I would keep it at that. Because, I mean, Oklahoma is my argument is your defense stinks. And right now, Penn State and Oregon would beat you. And I think Minnesota would too. But your offense is prolific. It's just I don't buy your defense. Your defense has no pro talent on it. The only way Penn – the only reason Penn State's not ranked higher is because they haven't proved proven to be a very, like, a very – Penn State's secondary dominant. stinks. They yeah, like, like, dude, you beat Pittsburgh by by it was ten to seven game. What is that? How Pittsburgh is seven and four. Beat them. I know they're a tough team, but like we talk about this all the time. If you if you're if you're in the rankings, if you're in top ten or when they weren't in the top ten, but they're still thirteen. That's good enough to be able to kind of dominate a little bit against these teams, and like, well, they, yeah, they I mean, dominated against Maryland. Say much, but, like, but they kind of dominated five, Iowa. Michigan, they only won by a touchdown. They lost to Minnesota. They barely beat Indiana. Great program. Being dead serious, great program. But there's some adjustments there that they need to figure out. What's why they're not able to pull out like bigger wins? What is hey, happening? Like, are they not able? Everything to you're saying defense well. Right. Everything you're saying goes out the window if they beat Ohio State. Then it's like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like, forget everything else I said. Well, you I mean, I, would, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, which is bullshit because honestly, it shouldn't. We need to look back at the season and what happened. But the truth is, yeah, if they beat Ohio State, there's very much, very much a chance that they should be in the college football playoff. Yeah. Not even in that Rose Bowl game or whatever it is, the fifth and sixth seed. But yeah, even after beating, like, that's the thing with the rankings is like we need to make they need to make the playoff bigger. They need to expand it to at least eight teams total, but six, you know, six actual bowl eligible teams, like uh, yeah. national championship teams. Other than that, you think the rankings are good this week? I I, I can't argue. I mean, like I said, I change around maybe a little more bit. justice with Baylor, a little bit more justice, like put him at eleven at least. Yeah, Baylor, Baylor, like Wisconsin, Michigan, dude, move them down two spots. Florida would probably be. You be better watch out for Michigan because they have been playing really, really good. I don't like, believe they that. absolutely schooled Michigan State. Like it wasn't even close, dude. It was like forty-four to fourteen. Yeah, it's a good game. It was better than Ohio State. Ohio State played them. They only won like thirty-four to ten or something. But yeah, um, who knows, dude? Like we kind of have to at some point not even look at the scores. Although, I, like I'm almost being hypocritical in what I just said. But you know, some. I mean, you do you want cushion. You, <laughs> you do want cushion. You don't want to win by just a touchdown or a field goal. Obviously, like clearly, it shows you're struggling a bit. 
But like if you're winning by like a two touchdowns, that's good. Who knows? You know, maybe they're like, oh no, let's not put any more points on the board. Like we're good enough. Just keep possession. Don't turn the ball over. We're good. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the big game uh, this week: Penn State, Ohio State. You're obviously going to go Ohio State, but Ohio State's favored by 18 points. Um, go ahead and give us some breakdowns on the Ohio State side of the ball, and then I'll give you a full breakdown of uh, both sides of the, both Penn State and Ohio State. But go ahead, Andrew. Okay. Go on Ohio so, State, Andrew. <laughs> all right. So, OHIO. All right. Thank you for that. Um, 12 o'clock so kickoff, just, too. What's that? I said 12 o'clock kickoff, too. Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought that was going to be a night game, or at least a 3.30. Well, Ohio State only has the one night game a year, right? And I don't they know. Used, I... They already used that against uh, Michigan State. Well, yeah, Mich- when they yeah they played them at night. And I think North, I think Northwestern, too, they played them like Monday, Friday night when they played Northwestern. But that was at so, Northwestern. At Northwestern, yeah. So this is <laughs> – man, if you watch football, you know – Ohio State's ranked is pro- projected to win. Um, would you say the spread was again? Like 18. 14, 18 points. It's not going to be 18 points. And it's not like this whole 84% chance of winning Penn State 15 or whatever. Let's be like, come on. It's going to be much closer than that. Like these, it's this is where it goes back to history. Like, yes, we're playing the shoe. Yes, Ohio State Stadium is just like complete nuts. It's just crazy there. It's like awful to plan if you're an opposing team, especially late into the season. It's even worse late into the season. The fans even get more crazy and more intense, especially with the history and the, the prep rallies and the which by the speeches. way, why is it always cloudy in Columbus when they it's play? It's not always cloudy there. I feel like it's always cloudy when Ohio State plays a football. No. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nah, boy. It's not always cloudy. Every single game I always tune in, it's always like overcast. <laughs> I mean, I can see that, but it's not. I know it's not always cloudy. But anyways, this is just going to be a game of of matchups. Um, is just is is this guy, um, Sean Clifford, able to play as good as Justin Fields? Is their running back able to carry the ball as much as J.K. Dobbins, Master T, can carry it? Are they, are they going to be as strong as receiving squad as Chris Olave? We know this because we've seen it previously. And how much your team team's going to change over your base? Unless you had your top 10 guys go, in, like five guys lose them to the draft or 10 guys lose because five were seniors and five to the draft, right? So you have a couple returning players. Ohio State's got some new talent there, but smart, intelligent players. So this is going to be a game of matchups. And also the other thing I always say is coaching. Who is going to be outcoached? Who is going to be the team that is more into the game and more focused and more hungry to win? And to me, that's Ohio State. Not just being in the shoe, but like they know what they're going up against. And who knows? Penn State may go in this game and be like, oh my God, the number two ranked team, Justin Fields, and blah, blah, blah. We, we can't do it. But oh, Penn State, State has their number. Penn State <laughs> has their number. I mean, come on. Right, so like it's been a battle the past two years, but dude, if Penn State's defense defense cannot keep together, it's gonna be eighteen point like lead, or at least fourteen points. So you got to be careful. You get Penn State's gotta find a way to get Justin Fields 
in an uncomfort uncomfortable zone and be able to shut down their their um their passing game there to Chris Olave to KJ Hill to Wilson to all those guys because the receiving squad Ohio State they could spread the ball to everybody. I mean there was there was like triple coverage on Luke Farrell their tight end and he like they placed it he Justin Fields placed it right in the hands and he he got one foot in right at the end of the end zone and it was like what are you gonna do <laughs> what are you gonna do that's seven points right there if you make the field goal that's seven points that's a lot that's a lot in football just one play so they have got to leave no room for this Ohio State offense if they want any chance final score final score. Thirty-seven, thirty-seven, thirty, thirty-seven, thirty-seven. Ohio State twenty-eight thirty. Penn State. I can't pick. <laughs> All right. Well, go ahead, boy. Chase Take Young you. is back. Yes, that's, that's another thing. Uh, he's the best player in the country by far. But the past two years, Coach the game has been decided. learned under Larry Johnson, one of the best defensive line coaches in the country, has produced Nick Boza, Joey Boza, all that talent up on that front line. Oh, my rush, Lord. Man. Let's go, baby. All right. Sorry for those people I'm who had to be buried by that scarlet and uh, gray <laughs> tangent. Every single week. Scarling Gray, my friend. Time for some unbiased analysis. All right, here we go. It's not biased. So, so, I gave Penn State so much right there. I told so, them they could shut down yeah. Ohio State. So, Penn, Penn State has been struggling on offense a little bit, right? I'm not going to deny that. Sean Hill, which, by the way, have you seen uh, lately that like some of the Penn State faithful have been giving them death threats on social media, so he had to delete it? That's that's ridiculous. Why? Yeah. Why is that's this happening? Fans are nuts. Fans are nuts. It's because of that lost in Minnesota. But anyway, it's the offense football, has been struggling. The run game has been there. Their, their run game is really good. And KJ Hamler on the outside is their most dynamic weapon. But they do have a lot of other weapons uh, across the wide receiver set. With this Ohio State secondary that they like to play man-to-man and have uh, the four pass rushers come at them with the linebackers playing um, like a uh, little zone action, the QB spy. They're going to have yeah, to rely read. a lot of reading. They're going to have to rely a lot on those receivers to get open with like some quick slants or something like that because they are really fast. And Ohio State's corners can cover. But on the other side of the ball is where it hinders most because Penn State's secondary is – awful they are really bad they let up three big plays against indiana and indiana is not justin fields and the other receivers that they have like it's it's crazy but the bread and butter for ohio state is that rpo zone read which with kate kate who's the running back uh jk dobbins yeah he is so good at being patient and reading the offensive line and letting the offensive line um, be able to get up to the next level if if they're doing the zone blocking or the outside zone. Like, they're really good. I got to send you a clip where Urban Meyer breaks it down with the outside zone. They run the zone Dude, really they, efficiently. They, and with Justin Fields being so dynamic as a running back that you have to respect as a defensive end or an outside linebacker to stay on Justin Fields and you can't crash down 
on J.K. Dobbins, and that's how J.K. And, Dobbins uses his speed, and he gets out to the outside. I got to give him credit. I got to be honest, man. I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but I just want to attach that to and add a little bit to is like, this is why Ohio State can put up these crazy points and make such a simple play look, make such a like easy play look like something so crazy because the offense executes so well. The offensive line knows their job. They waste no time. He calls, he snaps the ball, Justin Fields snaps the ball, and boom, right away. They get to where they need to be. The blocking is crisp, and the speed yeah. and athleticism of that the offense big, between J.K. Dobbins, Master T, yeah. and, and Justin Fields is like you can't control it. They also have very creative plays, but also Penn State's front seven has been outstanding this year too, and they are really good at stopping the run and getting after the quarterback. That is going to be the key component to the game because if you let this, this game come down to the secondary, Ohio State's going to win at least by 14. At least by fourteen, if that comes down to it. So they got to get after Justin Fields. They got to stop the the run, and they've done a good job of that. We've seen Penn State numerous times. They got a really good defensive line. They really do. It's just as good as Ohio State's, but Ohio State's is better because Chase Young. Whoa, 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 whoa! Dude, they whoa. are. They Larry Johnson in the country in the run game. Whoa, take it easy, Chief. It's not taking. No, I believe you. I believe you. The numbers. I, no, no, I know you. No, I'm just kidding. No, I'm honestly, I'm just joking. I know they do. I'm looking at the stats right now. They have like two guys on the team, almost seven sacks. You have this guy Parsons here, 75 tackles. That's the most in in the Big Ten. I Michael do believe. Parsons. He's 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 a really good linebacker, really good run stuffer. Yeah, he's one of the most, one of the best uh, tacklers in the in the in Big Ten. I'm pretty sure. That's a lot of tackles, 75 tackles. Ah. But anyway, it's going to come down to that. I think it's going to be a one-possession game at the very end. Um, who wins? Who wins? My gut is telling me to pick Penn State for some stupid reason, and I know not to. It could be just because I hate Ohio State a lot, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, if you're not an Ohio State fan, everybody's going to hate Ohio State. But I still respect what they do. I mean, like their players are good. Dude, when you guys look, when you guys had Trace McSorley, I was honestly nervous. Like when Saquon Barkley was there and Trace McSorley, it was like, okay, we don't want to face. Penn but Sean Clifford is more of a passer than Trace McSorley was. McSorley yeah, was oh more dynamic. God. McSorley was like RG three out there. Like, oh, you see a little hole, I gotta go run it. But he misses some passes that you're just like, what? Sean Clifford, Clifford, or no, Trace? Um, Trace. Trace. Yeah. Well, he was actually so hyped. Wasn't really like. That good. He was always so hyped up on running the ball. He was just like, "Why? I don't." Barely, he barely passes. It's like, might as well just run it at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be really close. I will. Ah, oh man, my head's telling me Ohio State, but my gut's telling me Penn State. But I, I mean, will bet Penn State in the spread. Then there's no way going to be 18 points, dude. Honestly, you look, look at I, three, it's not going to work. I'm going to base it on this. <laughs> And this is just how I do it. Like, if if Penn State had a better coaching staff and more, like, just knowledge. Oh, the play calling, to, too, is going to be big for Penn State. They gotta, yeah, and we have to do stupid play calling. You, you've seen that with, with Penn State. is like, what are you doing? Like, was, like, running the ball in, like, third and 18. Like, come on. What, like, what is that? It's just, 
it's just being out coached. We have to remember that Ryan Day learned under Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer just left last year. We know what he's he's done. He probably has still some type of con- connection to Ryan Day. I'm sure he's yeah. allowed to talk to him still, right? Like it's like me and you. Like okay, I used to coach for so and so. Now Wes, you're you're coach under me, and like I'm gonna give you a call and be like, hey bud, like I think you should do this for this game because. I have 30 years in coaching under Penn, like playing against Penn State. Like, obviously, they're going to help each other out. It's what their whole life was all about. So that's not like Joe Paterno's not there anymore to call James Frank. Joe Paterno, one of the best coaches ever, not there to to call James Franklin and be like, all right, well, this Ohio State offense is very lethal when they're in a shotgun formation. You, you just don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to do a play action? They're going to do a run, inside run, outside run, deep ball. They got a lot of speed, so like, there's a lot of factors that Penn State really needs to to take in education, like educational wise, and think about like what's going on more than just like their number two, their ten. They need to think about like how they spread the ball in the field. They have a spread offense. Like, got to think about the athleticism, J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, in the hands of the receiving squad that Brian Hartline produces, and just there's a lot going on. So they need to be able to have that motor to withstand this Ohio State offense. Yeah. That game is at 12 o'clock on Fox on Saturday. I'm pumped right. for it. I think it'll be good at least the first half. Yeah. All right. Uh, upset picks. Um, looking across the board, not really any other top 25 matchups. But Clemson's on a bye. But you do have Texas and Baylor. You have Michigan and Indiana. <sighs> You have, um, surprisingly, Navy and SMU could be a really good game to watch. If you're I'll look just, at that. Yeah. Um, Dude, something is telling me, something is telling me here that, um, I don't want to, I don't know if this sounds stupid, but like Boston College against Notre Dame, what do you think of that? Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> Especially That's from what, what Notre Dame sounds- did last week against Navy. That's why I said it sounds stupid, but for some reason, I like I don't know. I just have a weird feeling about that. Um, the Sleeping Giants of Illinois, I mean, they could go into Connect Stadium and give Iowa uh, a tough test. Iowa has yeah. had a lot of tough opponents they, lately. But they've played, they've played good ball. They, they really have. Yeah, I mean, what my upset that I am looking at right now is – I, I know I was on them earlier in the year and I was hot, but then when I picked them that one time, they didn't work, and that is the Temple Owls over the Cincinnati Bearcats yeah. right now. We were on that bandwagon for too long. <laughs> I was flying high well, on that owl train. Yeah. yeah, you you called it first, and I was like, what? And then it, you're, you're straight, right, and I, I was, was like, like wow. flying. I was like, yeah. The only upset I can see here this week is like – Temple and Cincinnati, I think, even though Navy is favored, and that's technically an upset, but I think SMU pulls out over Navy. I mean, look um, out for West Virginia, Oklahoma State, um, Indiana, Michigan. I, I, just West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Michigan. I'm not sure because West Virginia is not the same program as it once was, like last year. They're, they're figuring everything out. Purdue, Illinois, I would kind of Purdue playing Wisconsin. I would kind of give them a little bit if they're playing in Purdue, but not at Wisconsin. Oh, um, no. no way. 
No way. There's not really going to be. I don't think there's maybe one or two, maybe one upset this one upset this week. And I'll maybe go, TCU Oklahoma. Oklahoma coming off a big one against Baylor. TCU is kind of like that. TCU gave Baylor three over TCU. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, maybe TCU or and Oklahoma I'm, has struggled against like some of these down to earth uh, Big Twelve teams. Maybe I'm gonna say maybe West Virginia beats Oklahoma State and Kansas maybe Iowa State maybe, but I'll go I'll go West Virginia at home against Oklahoma State and I think that I think that um TCU will put up a nice battle against Oklahoma I really think so TCU is a good date dude the couple of years ago they were like the top six I think right weren't they like three or four they were one of the Big Twelve's best for like five years straight. Which I don't understand because how can you go from being a top-ranked program to just being so bad? Like usually it's like you know you stay within that that ten-ranked team at least. Even I think 15, that's 20. all because of recruiting. I think that's all because of recruiting. Like recruiting, yeah, that so is true now. And the transfer it's portal true. is like huge. It's, it's huge just like yeah, it's like oh oh you don't like to wear that that color socks? Oh, I'm, I'm I want to transfer. <laughs> but no, Seriously, so it's gotten bad. Tra- it's so much easier to transfer now than it was like two years ago. With the look all at Tate new Mart- rules, look at Tate Martell. He's like, "Oh, I don't like it here. I'm not going to start. Go trade. Go and play like at Miami, and then doesn't like or Nevada, wherever he went. And then he went to Miami, didn't start there, and like, yeah, everybody is just, oh, I don't want to be here, and I can go. I mean, that happens. Dude, look, I mean, like Joe Burrow is a perfect example. He was under Ohio State. He wasn't going to start over Justin Fields. Justin Fields. No, it was uh, Dwayne Haskins because Burrow's played last year for LSU. Yeah, under Dwayne, like wasn't going to start over Dwayne. And then when Justin Fields. Because they thought Dwayne was going to be there longer. (laughs) But that just goes to show like how, how crazy recruiting is, right? Because. You have the best players going to all the same schools that there's not enough spots. You, there's only one running back position. I mean, you can rotate, but there's one quarterback position. You know, like, that's it. And it's just, I mean, you know what it's like even when you're going against guys at, at Bloomsburg for the middle linebacker position. You're going up that guys who are 6'2", 230 pounds, like, ripped, seriously athletic. And it's like it's hard to come back. And there's not saying you're not good enough to play, but like there's a lot of talent there. Yeah. It's like Joe TCU Burrow has too. also been banged up with injuries. TCU, yeah. I mean, they my biggest thing quarterbacks. My biggest thing is I don't know if Alabama is going to make the college football playoff because of two, because of the whole coach, not the coaching situation, but the whole two A situation and how you think they're going to lose to West Carolina? Well. <laughs> I wouldn't say like I wouldn't I wouldn't say yeah fifty seven points that's a massive spread. I'm just saying they're gonna have to take on Auburn, which is a tough team. That's a great game every year. If they're already that's in fifth place, week. yeah, and any of these teams can move up. Really, like we talked about Minnesota, we talked about Penn State, Oregon too. Like may strengthen themselves from their last two wins. So you never know. It's just. Who's going to be able to pull through these last two, three weeks? Two weeks. Yeah. All right. So your upset is West Virginia over Oklahoma State? I'll say that, yeah. And my upset is going to be the Temple Owls beating the Cincinnati Bearcats. I'm back on the wagon, boys. The Frogs. <laughs> Texas Frogs. 
TCU, um, Oklahoma, watch out. Ohio that, State, Penn State. I'm looking maybe. at that more, and I'm like, ooh. Well, yeah, we talked about that one. Do we but, really? Can we talk more about it? Nah, we got to get going. It's almost an hour. Oh, actually, it is an hour. It is an hour, yeah. <laughs> all right, well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. If you have any comments or suggestions going forward, leave a comment. Uh, make sure you like us on Facebook and Twitter at Bench Bros 2019. Comment what you think about the top rankings. Do you think one team should be higher? Do you think one team should be lower? And what do you think about the Ohio State-Penn State? Are you excited to watch, or is there any other upsets that you are looking most forward to? So give us that comment. We are available on Spotify, Anchor, and now on Google Play Podcast, along with Breaker. I think that's that's the name. Breaker. Breaker Podcast. Is that a new? That's new? Yeah, we're on like eight different podcast uh, channels, wow, which is pretty cool. awesome. How do we yeah. get on Apple Pod? That was like that's the big one I was wearing, I was wondering about. Yeah, that's a that's a big fish we're looking at in the water. I gotta ask Ash about that because she's she's on that, right? Like how is yeah. how is hers on that? Well, ours isn't. Nasty gals. I understand. <laughs> like we we've, we've been doing this for a while, but yeah. All right. Any last thoughts? Is. Any last thoughts? Is that what you said? Yeah. Ohio State, baby. Penn State, 12 o'clock in the shoe. Let's go, Bucks, baby. Chase Young, seven sacks, four interceptions by Sean Clifford. It's going to be 84 to zero. Go, Bucks, baby. <laughs> All right. And expect those Temple Owls to beat the Bearcats. And also, watch out, you Razorbacks. You're not going to cover that spread against LSU. You're crazy. All right. I'm Wesley Splain. That's it for this latest CFP 100. We are out. out.